Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your kindness in our lives. Thank you, Father, for every opportunity that you give to us that we can come together and, Father, change the way we think in accordance to your word and prepare ourselves for your coming. Oh, Lord, it's the entrance of your word. It's the unfolding of your word that brings light and gives light. And therefore, oh, Lord, has you enjoined us, oh, Lord, if we continuously walk in the light as you are in the light, we will have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus will continuously cleanse us from all sin. And therefore this morning, O Lord, even as we meditate upon your word, I pray, Lord, you would unfold your word to us. Father, show us your ways, teach us your paths and lead us in the way of everlasting life. And therefore I pray that you would anoint this morning even the hearing and the speaking of today's word and cause us to obey wrought obedience in our lives. Empower us, O Lord Jesus. And even as we receive your word by faith, fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can be empowered to obey what you speak to our hearts this morning. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So we've been looking at uh, preparing uh, for the coming of the Lord and uh, uh, we've been looking from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 24. We've been looking at the attitude of the servant, the perfect servant, and uh, as to what kind of an attitude one has to have so that that day, which nobody knows, the day and the hour, will not take us by surprise, but we will be prepared. Matthew chapter 24, uh, but if that evil servant, okay, says in his heart, notice the word heart, okay, in your Bible, underline that word heart, very important. My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. That master of the servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him into two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. Okay, so that's very interesting. Why, why does he cut him into two? Huh. Because he broke the covenant. Okay, he broke the covenant with his master. He broke covenant with his master. All right. So there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So if that day should not take us by surprise, uh, what are the attitudes one has to possess, and what are the um, what are the what are the attitudes one has to develop? Just learn. I mean, even as we have in the seed form the very word of God, but that seed has to grow into a mature, a spiritual person. So, uh, what kind of attitudes uh, should we develop and inculcate in order for us? to be prepared for that day and that day will not take us by surprise is what we were looking at and the text we were looking at is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse from verse 1 onwards but concerning the times and seasons brothers you have no need that I should write to you amazing isn't it what this one church uh, which is absolutely aware spiritually about the day and the hour for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. But you brothers are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, drunk, get drunk at night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we 
wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. So this is a present continuous process. Okay, In Christian life, always there's a past and there's a continuity. We never stop. All right. Uh, so we looked at five attributes, and one by one, we went, we, we let, let's enumerate them, and then today's text we will uh, look at peace and security. There'll be an environment of false peace and security apart from God. In that environment, be careful. Don't let that environment grab your hearts. Understand that you are sons of light and sons of day. You're not of darkness. You're not of night. Be sober and watchful and not asleep. Um, put on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet of salvation. That means what? Guard your heart and mind. That is what we look at today. Know that you are not objects of wrath, but salvation through Jesus. So that is what is today's text. Today's text is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. Let us read that carefully. But, but let us who are of the day be sober. And how should we be sober? putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So you have three words which are which occur through the new covenant. And what are those three words? Faith, hope and love. Okay, faith, love and hope. Yeah. And the greatest of these things, of course, is love. But notice what he's asking us to do. We have to put on the breastplate of faith and love. So faith and love is at a particular place. And as a Helmet, I mean, when I'm talking about a particular place, I'm not talking about a particular location. It's it's something which has to be guarded in the in our spiritual being. And as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So we have faith, hope, and love. And of course, uh, uh, this verse, these words, faith, hope, and love don't occur for the first time in in uh, together in uh, one verse in Thessalonians, the letter to the Thessalonians. It occurs in the very first chapter. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, this is what Paul has to say. This is in the NIV translation. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. So what do we do? We remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith. You see that? So the, the work is not important. The faith which produces that work is important. That is what, that is the idea over here. And of course, faith without works is death. So this is a living faith, obviously. Your labor prompted by love. It's very interesting. So, the labor is not important, but the love which prompts that labor is important. Therefore, there is labor. You cannot love without labor. Definitely, you can labor without love. Okay, it's a, it's a, what we call as in English, necessary and sufficient condition. I mean, uh, in logic, okay. So your labor. So, just because you have labor, it does not mean that you love. But if you love, definitely there is labor. Okay. So, but your labor is prompted by love. And then, then you have an endurance which is inspired by hope. Okay. So, hope inspires endurance. In other words, you can have an endurance without hope, but that hope, I mean, that endurance is not endurance. Because uh, that endurance could be only for this life. And uh, we know from First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19, which says, uh, if for in this life only we have hope in Christ Jesus, of all the people we are, Daurabhagya, meaning most pitiable. Of all the people, we are the most to be pitied if in this life only we have hope. Therefore, our endurance inspired by hope is of uh, the um, other other world, of course. Uh, and therefore, uh, faith is a substance of things 
hoped for and an evidence of things not seen and therefore you have all these are interconnected okay but then he says where do where does faith and hope uh, have to have is you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth and and out of the heart comes all the other things, right? So you love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. Therefore, the source of everything, of especially faith and love, is your heart. So how do you guard it? You have to guard it by using a breastplate to guard faith and love. Now, what is that breastplate? It's a spiritual breastplate, obviously, right? So what are the elements of that breastplate? We'll look at it today, okay? So uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 will say, Keep your heart. How? Uh, with all diligence. I mean, this is not with diligence. Uh, this is interesting. <laughs> it says with perfect diligence. So for out of it are the issues of life. Everything. That is the reason why Jesus says, whatever comes out of your mouth comes from where? From your heart. For out of the heart produce, uh, what, uh, come forth evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, thefts, etc., etc., etc. Thirteen things he mentions. Okay, tera. Okay. Thirteen things are mentioned. What, what are the issues of the heart? And therefore God says, uh, I do not uh, uh, give you, trans- I, I don't do transformation. I just take your heart and give you a new heart. First thing. Okay. The heart is deceitful. Above all things and desperately wicked. You know, the word for deceit is very interesting. The word for deceit comes from the Hebrew word Yaakov. The heart is Yaakov. <laughs> Jacob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the heart is Jacob. Above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Okay. Somebody said, no, Jacob is a enigma in a riddle in a mystery. Enigma in a riddle in a mystery. <laughs> that is Jacob. And the problem is, all of us, when we look at Jacob, we say, Chi, Jacob. But the problem is, when we start reading and studying the life of Jacob, we see ourselves in Jacob. And when we see ourselves in Jacob, only then we will have freedom. Okay. So don't have a very high view about yourself. Exalted. No, no, no. We are not Joseph by default. We are? Uh, but yeah, that is, that's the reason why, that's what, that, that's the reason why the Bible says the heart is Yaakov. Above all things, your heart, not, and my heart, all of our heart is Yaakov. About all things. So keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. So what is the kind of a spiritual breastplate that we have to construct or make for ourselves? Because everybody has to have the breastplate of according to your own size, spiritual size. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. According to the measure of faith that you've been given. For example, uh, Saul gave uh, um, uh, David his breastplate and his helmet and his sword and everything. It says, I did not prove this. In other words, he said, actually, these are unproven. Okay, this is not useful for you. How, think, how do you think this is going to be useful for me? If it was really useful for you, you would have gotten, gone and fought. Uh, so he was being a little more, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Euphemistic and he was being a little more respectful. And he says, sir, I did not test them, sir. Okay, it is not good for me. So we have to construct a not a solish but a polish breastplate. Okay. So what kind of a breastplate one should have? We'll look at it carefully today. But keep your heart with all, all diligence. Because we have to prepare our hearts for which day? That day should not take us by surprise. Look at this. Look at another passage in Luke's Gospel chapter 21 and we will uh, go into the meat of today's word. But take heed to yourselves. Lest your ha hearts be weighed down with carousing. You know, the word for carousing is carousing, carousing, 
it's it means your mind it's like a headache after getting drunk that's hangover exactly okay the headache that you have after getting done, weighed down by carousing. I know when I was in university, you know, those fellows used to get drunk through the night. And the next day morning, when I used to go to the washroom, it was be, it was filled with vomit. And the next day morning, I look at those fellows, they're all like totally in a, in a zoned out mode. You don't know where they are. Okay, suspended state. <laughs> okay. So their heart should not be weighed down by carousing nor by drunkenness, nor the cares of this life, and what? That day should come upon you, what? Unexpectedly. That means you're not expecting. I did not expect. So that day should not come upon you unexpectedly. Therefore, what should you have? Your heart should not be weighed down. So what should you essentially guard? You have to guard your heart. That is the reason why you're looking at putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet for hope of salvation. So, and for the helmet, the hope of salvation. So, you have to guard your hearts and your minds with your, using a breastplate, and you have to guard your minds using a helmet. We'll look at what those spiritual helmets and spiritual breastplates are. Okay. So, let us look at First Thessalonians. First of all, what was the origin of this faith? From where did they get this faith? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We all like that. But let us see from First Thessalonians itself the source of the Thessalonians' faith. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6 onwards. <clears throat> and you became followers of us and of the Lord. Let me let me tell you something. In the Corinthian church, there were factions. Okay, Some said, I'm of Paul. Some said, I'm of Apollos. Some said, I'm of Peter. Okay, there was a Paulish church. There was an Apollos church and there was a Peter church. Church of St. Peter, Church of St. Paul, Church of St. Apollos. And among them, there were the super spiritual. At least they thought themselves to be super spiritual. Some say I'm of Christ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were, the, ah, we don't care about Paul, we don't care about Peter, we don't care about, okay. You're all Ekalavya. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I am of Christ. So these are all factions. The super spiritual are people who think they don't need anybody to teach them. Nothing like that exists. I have been directly disciplined by God. Okay. Even Paul, even though he was taught by the Lord, he had to come under under the under the teaching of the church in Antioch. And when he went, then there was a dispute that that was happening between the between the about the circumcision. When he went to the church in Jerusalem, who actually alleviated all the problems and um, ensured that the discussion stops, the debate stops? James. Everybody had to submit to James, the authority of James. Okay, so don't ever think that uh, they did not learn from each other. They all learned from each other. Alright, so, and you became followers therefore of us and of the Lord. You see that? Very carefully. How did you receive the, how did you become followers of us and of the Lord? Having received the word in much affliction. You see, uh, the circumstances in which you receive the word of God actually determines your spiritual start. These people receive the word in much affliction. That means, when they receive the word, when they had to become really truly born again, they had to incur loss. Hmm? How did they uh, receive the word? In much affliction, with joy. Can you, you see that? There was affliction, but there was joy. 
of the Holy Spirit, of course, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe, for, for from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in, in every place. And look at this. This was your faith toward God. You see that? How did it start? When the preaching of the word of God happened, when they were born again, when they received the word and they don't, did not, just not only receive the word of God, they received the messengers of the word of God and they became the followers of the messengers of the, of the word of God and therefore the followers of the Lord. That is when they had faith toward God. You see that? Very carefully. Hmm? And your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from where? From idols. To serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers from the wrath to come. So, he says, what was the origin of your faith? The origin of, the, of your faith was when you received the word. How did you receive the word? You received the word in much affliction, but with joy in the Holy Spirit. And that was the source of your faith. And what happened? As a result of that faith, you turned to serve the living God and you turned away from all your idols. That means you understood one principle. What is that principle? Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. What is that principle? No one can serve two masters. Why? For either you will hate the one and love the other. So the, the origin of your faith and of your love was when you received the word of God in much affliction and joined the Holy Spirit. So that is when you received the word of God. That is, on, that is when you received the faith and the love of God. This is the love of God. This is, the Lord. this is not the love of man. It is the love of God and it is the faith of Jesus Christ. You understand that? So once you have received this faith and this love, you have to guard it. Because if you believe in your, where? In your heart and confess with your mouth. So the source and the origin and the, and, and, the, and the resting place of your faith is your heart. And that has to be guarded. So how do we do that? Because in the last days, what will happen? There will be a great falling away. You know what, what the word for falling away is? Apostasy. Okay. Faith comes from the Greek word pestis or pistis. Okay. Epistis is unbelief. Apostasy is unbelieving. These are all uh, uh, related words. Okay. So, what happens in the last days? Many people will fall away because of unbelief. That's the point. That is the reason why we, every day we are battling. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. This is a, there, is, there is there is both these things going on in our heart and slowly and hopefully and the problem with the old man is it is growing corrupt day by day. And if the new man is not correspondingly being renewed, what is dominating? The old man. Which is deceitful. Now think about it, no? I told you, right? Eve was deceived, Adam disobeyed. But once Adam disobeyed, he also felt into deception. Now think about this. In the unfallen state, you can be deceived. Okay? Because Garden of Eden, it was an unfallen state. Okay? How much more when you still have, after, you know, you have the old man, the old nature inside of you, which has to be put to death daily, how much more you and I are susceptible to deception? You understand? So this is very serious business, okay? So we don't take these things lightly because every day there is a battle. Lord, I believe, 
help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So, how do we construct or develop or uh, manufacture for ourselves this breastplate of righteousness? Let us look at the word of God today and we will look at four principles, okay? Hebrews chapter 3. Beware, brethren. Okay, Hebrews is a book that you have to read and after you read the book, you will fear and tremble. So any book which causes you to fear and tremble, what should you do? Read it often. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> somebody, you know, somebody said, no, he did not get a grasp of revelation. So what he did, what he did, one man of God, for the next 30 days, every day he read the book of revelation. And the more he read the book of revelation, the more he trembled and more he feared and the more he followed God and more he obeyed. So, these are very important truths. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any one of you an evil heart of unbelief. In what? In departing from the living God. See, what had happened? How did you come to come to faith? You turned to God from turning away from your idols. Now, what you what what you should be you should be careful of. Now, don't turn away from the living God and start following your idols again. Okay. And what is one of the biggest idol idol in a church? Greed, covetousness, and in India we have different other kinds of idols. Education is a big idol. Saraswati. We call them Saraswati Putraha. Because he actually worships the goddess of education. Okay. So we need to understand we have we have several, 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 several gods, and we have to be very careful. We have to turn to the living God. Constantly. Okay. So Beware brothers. But how does it start? You know, the, the book of Hebrews starts with one first exhortation in the book of Hebrews. The warning in the, in the book of Hebrews is in Hebrews chapter 2, which says, we should be caref- pay much more careful attention to the things which you have already heard, lest we drift. And it starts with drift. Drift tells together. Very slow. Currents will slowly take you away from the ocean and from the shore and you don't even realize where you have Gone after a while. So, brothers, beware, lest there be in any one of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So, what do you do? But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any one of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence, steadfast to the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. So, there are four Truths are the four fundamental ways in our in order for us to guard our hearts. First, let us enumerate them. What should you do? You have to exhort one another daily. Second, partake, become partakers of Christ daily. Hear his voice daily. Show obedience immediately. Okay, these are the four ways you construct the breastplate of righteousness and guard your heart from falling away from faith. What do you do? You exhort one another daily. Partake of Christ daily. Hear his voice daily. Show obedience immediately. Okay. So if you have four of these things continuously, and by the way, this is a present continuous tense. All right. Exhorting one another daily. So first thing, let us look at all these four principles uh, one by one. First, what we have to do, we have to exhort one another daily. What does it mean? There's a fundamental principle over here. Individualism is dangerous. Because you, you, you don't exhort myself, Gadu. <laughs> exhort one another. 
That is the reason why the fellowship was, we, we talked about fellowship last, last Sunday. It's such an important aspect. Okay. Yeah, I'll come to it. Don't worry. Okay. We'll come to those slides. Don't worry. Okay. You want me to put the slide again? Okay. Just for the people who missed the four points, exhort one another daily. Partake of Christ daily, hear his voice daily, show obedience immediately. Okay. So individualism is dangerous. There is no individual virtuoso in the New Testament. No. He, except for Jesus. Okay. But even Jesus, he had 12. And he said, in the hour of trial, he said, please pray for me. Okay. No, in no individual virtuosos. Especially in the New Testament. We all stand before God individually, definitely. We are all individually having our connection with the head. But that does not mean that we are independent of one another. We are interdependent on each other. And you find one fellow who is independent in the church, mark that fellow. That's what it says in uh, Romans chapter 16. Mark those people who cause dissensions and walk contrary to the doctrine that we have already taught. What are they? They are the people who serve their own stomachs. Mark those fellows. Mark, 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 mark. Stay away from those fellows. The problem is that these fellows are individuals, but when they rebel, they want groups. that, That I don't understand. If you are so much gungo about truth, you should stand on yourself. That's the reason why it says, Dathan and Abiram, what did they do? They, they took men. Arre, if you are so clear about your stand, why should you take men? Because you have to have people who will justify your rebellion. You will say, Baba, you are right. And there will be foolish fellows even in the church who will go after these guys. Who have not even invested anything into their lives. Spiritually. So be very careful. Individualism is dangerous. Mark those fellows who want to become individuals and be independent of the church. God will make you independent of his church. Okay, you will be the loser ultimately. So, therefore, what is the first principle we need each other? To exhort one another. (laughs) One another means already there is one another. There is another Okay. Hebrews chapter 10 will say, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So what should this exhortation achieve? It should provoke you. What should it do? Oh, provoke you. What should it do? What should it provoke you to? To love first. Okay. In other words, not to jealousy. <laughs> not provoke you to jealousy. Yeah, you can be provoked to jealousy in that you should be provoked. Yeah, this guy, he has such a relationship with the Lord. I also want to have that kind of a relationship with God. That is okay. Jealousy in relationship is fine. That is the reason why he says you should provoke the who to jealousy? Oh, you forgot your Bible already. The Gentiles should provoke the Jews to jealousy. Jews will be provoked to the jealousy. They said, this guy knows my God. The natural branch, the natural branches, that's what Paul says. The natural branches will say, this guy has this kind of a relationship with God, this fellow. This Johnny come lately, in other words. Huh? We know our God. We are the people who are, who have been given the patriarchs. We have been given the law. We have been given the prophets. We have been given all the promises. 
and through us Christ came. <laughs> and these guys have a fantastic relationship with God. And these are not even natural branches. They are wild olive branches. Grafted. They will say, if these people can have such a fantastic relationship with God, how much more me, the natural, what is happening over there? They have been provoked to jealousy to have a relationship with God. That is okay. That is what we need to look at each other. When I look at Sami, for example, look at this guy, what a kind of a relationship with God he has got. He connects to the spirit so immediately. What are the attributes that he possesses so that he can connect to God so immediately? I want to follow that. That is provoking. You understand? That is the reason why the parents' advice to the teachers, for the ch- to the children, when they go to the class, don't go to the back seat. Sit in the front with the topper. That topper will not want to have you around around you. Have him around you. What should you do? Grab him. Okay. You see? Consider. So you should provoke each other. That's what you should be provoked to. That's what Jews were provoked to jealousy when they see the Gentiles. I know it so many times, no? This Gentile believer, you know, Art Cadiz's testimony. Look at this lady. What is she saying? How can she have this assurance that God is in her? And I'm supposed to be a Jew. <laughs> my name is Cats. <laughs> Look at this guy. What a relationship he has with the Lord. That is what we are, caught, we are talking about. Provoking. And therefore we need that. In the church. So in other words, exhortation should, should lead to provocation of love. I mean, I mean, into love. Okay. And good works. Why? Because we are all what? A workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. In other words, when I am provoked into love, you know what ha- what will happen? God will tell me what are the good works that I need to do, which God prepared beforehand, even before the foundation of the world were laid. So it is in the in 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 the in the in the what we call as the fellowship of the community people. Identify their gifts. Because the gift is not given for, given for yourself. It is given for the profit of all. So if God has to give you a gift, where should he give it to you? In the community of believers. While you are sharing a common life. So let us consider one another in order to provoke. The word is stir, is to provoke to love and provoke to good works. That is the reason why it says in Titus, it says he wants to have a people who are zealous for what? For good works. Zealous for good works. So how does it happen? Not forsaking, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So it's so important, do you see? You see, that's what we are doing, you know, we are coming together. As is the manner of some. Who are these fellows? Individualists. We don't belong to Paulus, we don't belong to Christos, uh, sorry, Cephas, we don't belong to Apollos, we only belong to Christ, Christos. Super spiritual fellows. Mm, loose electron, exactly. <laughs> loose electron, sodium. What will happen when you put sodium into water? Burst. Exactly. So, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the, again, you see the day coming there. (laughs) The day is coming. So much the more. So that's what, that's what I'm saying, no? There will be a falling away and there also will be a corresponding in gathering. And therefore what Jesus is saying, he who does not gather with me will scatter abroad because he says in Ephesians chapter 2, he's gathering together in one. All of us, both Jew and Gentile. 
into one church, breaking the middle wall of separation. You understand? So this is very important. So why do we, uh, why do we need uh, to come together daily so that we could exhort? And what should be the end result of exhortation? That we'll be provoked to love and we'll be zealous for good works, which you and I are supposed to do, even before the foundation of the world was laid. So we need to. Let's go back to that text that we love the most. It's used in the context of marriage. That's a degenerate case. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they will fall, <coughs> one will lift his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. <laughs> who are these fellows who said, I only belong to Christ. Yeah, exactly. For he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpower, overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. The first thing, because they have what? A good reward for your labor. Why should we, why should we be together? Because we have a good reward for our labor. Let me give you an example. Okay. Let's see. Luke's Gospel chapter 5. Everybody knows this context. Okay, But Simon answered and said, to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Who's that? What did he say? What did he say? We. Okay, notice that. Okay, we. We have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Fantastic. Okay. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Thank you so much. Who said that I? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And when they had, when they had done that, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So what did they do immediately? Ah! Why? Because two is better than one. So what did they do? So they signed to their partners in the other boat to come and help them so that they will have a good reward for their labor. Otherwise, what will happen? The net will break and they will lose the catch. You understand? So if you want to catch men, (laughs) the church has to be united like a net. And then the fish come all of us together, <laughs> we have to catch that fellow and hold him. Not in WWW, <laughs> but in the web that we have made as believers together. We have come and made that web strong. You see that? And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sing. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus and he saying, Depart from me, O Lord, I am a sinful man. But you know, look at the next verse. For he who, uh, who was with him were astonished. He and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. So they all, uh, so, and, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to them, so said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. But if you want to catch men, what should you do? What should you, do? you cannot do it on yourself. You need one another. Okay. One another. Just the way you, you needed one another to catch this incredible catch. How many fish did they catch that day? I don't know. No, no, that is uh, in John's Gospel 21. This is, this I think, maybe 3,000. I don't know. <laughs> because on the day of Pentecost, they caught 3,000 fish. Okay. So, exhort one another daily. You know why? Because you have a good 
labor. So good reward for your labor. You need that. And see, my labor has to <laughs> make Sam's job easy. And Sam's labor should make my job easy. And we both, all of us together, are making each other's job easy by bearing each other's burdens so that when the catch of fish comes, you're able to hold the net without breaking. Otherwise, you know what will happen? Only fun fellows will be bearing the pressure. And what will happen? They will crack and break. That should not happen. Amen. Then, two are better than one. Why? For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. So in order, in order for you to overcome sin, you need to have exhortation with, from one another. You need to, you cannot be an individual. See, when is sin exposed? In relationships. Only in relationships you will recognize how selfish you are. Especially in the relationship with your wife. The most closest of your relationships. If your wife can say, man, you are a generous man. That is a testimony before God. Okay. Like, you know, he speaks the words of God. Listen to him. If your wife can say, ah, that is a testimony. Or she, I don't know this man, I don't know if she says. <laughs> I don't know, very different kind of a man. I don't know if she says. Who is this man? I don't know. Okay. That is a different, if your wife can say, that is where in relationships everything is tested. It is, what, what we call as iron. Ah, what will happen when iron sharpens iron? Sparks will come. You see, when smooth stone don't, don't, don't just happen just like that. They have rubbed against each other nicely and in the ruggedification, what has happened? Smooth, smoothness has come out. Okay. That's your selfishness is known only when you have to start sharing your life with other people. Okay. How patient you are with your children. How patient you are with your wife. Etc. Etc. Everything is tested in relationships in your in, in in the community of believers also. So if they fall, when do you fall? <laughs> Only in relationships. If you are by yourself, <laughs> nobody even recognizes when you fall. Nobody knows. So that's the reason why people like mega churches, as Pastor was saying, because you can fall secretly, and nobody knows, and you can fall secretly and get along famously, but nobody knows what is happening to you. You're, there's no, you're not, you're not accountable to anyone at all. So, vote to the person who is alone when he falls. Who can lift him up? Understand that? Hmm? James chapter five will say, "Confess your trespasses one to another." How do you exhort one another? By confessing your faults one to another. But if there is no another, whom do you confess your faults to? Oh, I confess only to God. <laughs> if you only confess to God. See, life has to live, be live. See, that, that, that's the reason why you have to give time to people, individuals. You know, ultimately, after a while, the true fellow comes out. Because you can't fake for a long time. Somebody said, no. The best thing about truth is that you don't have to remember it. <laughs> like like Samir sent a WhatsApp message to all of us the other day. The best thing about truth is that you don't have to remember it. 
But if you have to, if you spoke a lie, you have to remember how you lied, in what context you lied. All the intricacies are very, very important. Okay, that's what that's what somebody said. No, you can fool some people all the time. Uh huh. But you cannot fool all the people all the time. Impossible. Okay, you can you cannot. You will be found out. You will be discovered. The real you will come out eventually. And the fact of the matter is, you know, when transparency in relationships comes, when we accept people the way they are, that is when transparency in relationship comes, and that is when authentic uh, worship fellowship happens, and that is when real bonding takes place. When we have received and given forgiveness to each other, and we have accepted, learned to accept each other's faults and their uh, and their positives, and that is how we grow as individuals, right? So, confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer. Actually, the word for um, uh, you may be healed in, in your translation, uh, actually KJV says that you may be saved, I think. Just can you see that uh, trans- translation for me, please? James chapter 5 or 16, KJV. 5 or 16. Uh, confess your faults one to another. Uh, pray for one to another. Ah, you, you may be healed. Uh, any other translation will say that you may be saved? Okay, no problem. The effective prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay, so even, <laughs> so if one falls, the other will pick him up, right? <clears throat> another place. James chapter 5 verse 19. Brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, the person who is wandering from the truth knows that he is wandering from the truth? I don't think so. You need to have a standard. So that you know that you are wandering. That's the reason why he says unjust scales and balances are an abomination to the Lord. Just imagine, no? You're, somebody said this, I think oh, one of his, one of, I don't remember the name. Uh, or, or rather I remember the name, but I'm not sure if he's the one who said it. Uh, let's just imagine if you're in the, in the, in the traffic, you're, you're near the intersection, okay? And the red light is on, and you know you have to stop. Just imagine that you put the brake. And you thought you stopped. If the pole starts moving, what should you do? You, you have to, you have to break even more. But the point is this, if that fellow also keeps moving, then you're in big trouble. There's only one truth. There's only one standard. The standard is the word of God. Amen. Alright. So, brethren, if anyone wanders from the truth and anyone turns someone back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. That is how you love your brother. How do you do it? By speaking the truth in love. See that? Love covers a multitude of sins, but how do you cover the multitude of sins? You look at this person who's going away from the path that he's supposed to walk in and what do you do? You confront him. Gently or sometimes sharply and bring him back to the path. And that is how you cover a multitude of sins. That is the reason why somebody said, if you cannot speak the truth without love, you're not truthing. If you cannot love without speaking the truth, you're not loving. Okay. So exhort one another daily by how? how by, by, by seeing each other. And you have to constantly come to this place of accountability every day. Almost. Almost every day. If, if, it's, if it's possible, okay. And then, you can see an example. Galatians chapter 2. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face. I like that. 
you know, Paul was a radical person, okay, withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him. So even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. And you know what he said? Just imagine, no? slowly that fellow was eating, getting up and going away. Immediately withstood him to his face. And how did Peter take this correction? Look at what he says, no? Second Peter chapter 3 verse 15. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul. What is he? My brother. He showed me my error and caused me to walk. And he saved me from hypocrisy. The same Peter who judged a, a couple for their hypocrisy was in danger of hypocrisy himself. That is the reason why the heart is Yaakov. Jacob above all things. Alright, so, next one. Again, if two lie together, uh, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? In other words, it is, this, this word for warm alone means, this is a very, uh, very close relationship kind of a word where he says, there cannot be spiritual progeny unless there is a unity in a relationship. For example, when uh, God talks about why did he cause people, why does he hate divorce? First thing he hates divorce, I called you to be one because I desired what? Godly offspring. Godly offspring. That's what he desired. You understand? He hates divorce because uh, he desires godly offspring. And in the context of a church, what is he saying? They will, the church will be incredibly fertile in ensuring that new people are born again into the family. When they are together. Show you that verse, no? We'll show you that. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. You see that unity there? What what uh, Jesus tried to achieve in three and a half years, Holy Spirit achieved in 50 days. I mean, of course, the Spirit of Christ. But when, but Peter standing up with the 11, verse 14, with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who will dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. Verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day, how about how many people were added? 3,000 people were added. And of course, later on again, 5,000 people are added. Just increases in number. Exponentially. Okay. So, you need to have uh, a, a, a local church which is strongly united so that you can take care of the new believers which are birthed in a church. Right? And then, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. There will always be opposition to your spiritual walk. So how do you withstand opposition? By being together. Give you an example. Ezra chapter 4. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin, this is verse 1 onwards, and when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the descendants of the captivity were building the temple of the Lord, of, the Lord God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and the heads of the father's house and said to them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God. As you do, and we have sacrificed to him since the days of Eshar Haran, the king of Assyria, who brought us here. Then what did they do? But Zerubbabel and Jeshua, the rest of the heads of the fathers' houses of Israel, said to them, You may not, you may do nothing with us to build the house of our, of our God, but we alone will build 
to the Lord God of, of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. They discouraged the people of Judah. And what happened as a result? Exactly. They troubled them in, the, in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. There was, a f- there was opposition that was going on in the gro- to the growth of the church. So what happened? Hmm. Now when the copy of the king Artaxerxes' letter was read before Rehum, Shimshai, the scribe and their companions, they went up in haste to Jerusalem against the Jews and by force of arms they made them to cease. They stopped. Thus the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, ceased and it was discontinued until the second year of the reign of King Darius. Discontinued. They stopped. So what happened then? They kept quiet. Look at what happens. Next verse. Ezra chapter 5. Then the prophet Haggai and the prophet Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophets prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, who was over them. So Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, helping them. You see that? What has happened? There was incredible opposition. But what happened when the prophets of God, Zerubbabel, and I'm sorry, Haggai and Zechariah, when they came, they prophesied, they encouraged those people to build a church of God. So what is happening over here? You see, the exodus from Babylon to Jerusalem is fantastic. The exodus from Babylon to Jerusalem, there's no one person who's building the wall. You see, when uh, Nehemiah comes, how are they building the wall? They're all building the wall together. Every gate, every part of the wall was being, being built up by individuals and as well as families. And all together, they were building the church. And they were building the wall and, and the church. So how did, it, how did it happen? Prophets Haggai and prophets Zechariah. Who was the older one? Haggai. Who was the younger one? Zechariah. And who prophesied more? No, 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 no. Zechariah prophesied more. No, there was no jealousy among the two. Okay. Haggai prophesied less. Zechariah prophesied more. But that together they encouraged the church. And what has happened? Opposition was there. But they continued to build the church. Notwithstanding the opposition. And you know what Haggai preached, right? <laughs> Very tough. You are happily living in your nice paneled houses and the house of the Lord is in ruins. Consider your ways. And immediately they start. Bring the timber. Bring the money. Get. Get. Start. Start building the house of the Lord. And they start building the house of the Lord. And what happens? They, uh, op- they, 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 uh, they construct the house of the Lord notwithstanding the opposition that, that they have. So you will have opposition. First, I'll tell you something. There is war among you. First. There are three kinds of wars you have to win. James chapter 4 will talk about that, right? Why are there wars raging among your members? Remember? There is war among your members because there is war within yourself first. Then there is war with those people outside outside of yourself. And then there is war with God. Three kinds of wars you have to fight. Every day. War with yourself means with your own flesh. War with the others, meaning you have to be always at peace with your brothers. And there is war with God. When does it, When is there war with God? When you become a friend of the world, you are in opposition to God. And God becomes your enemy. See, all these things that you have to... There is opposition. There will be opposition. And if you want to overcome this opposition, you need one another to exhort you. Okay? So the first thing. So how do you guard your heart? Be a part of the family. Just don't come and become a visitor. Okay? Become a part of the household of God. Exhort one another. Become a part and say, Lord, I want to be a part of the body of Christ. And wherever you place me, let me be found faithful. 
Amen. So first thing, exhort one another daily. Second thing, become partakers of Christ. How long? Daily. So how do you become partakers of Christ? Hebrews chapter 2. First thing he says, how do you become partakers of Christ? Because Christ partook something of us. What did he partake of us? Hebrews chapter 2 will say. Verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. So what did he do? He also became flesh and blood. Okay? That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So what did God, what did God, God become? God became man. He partook of us. That is the reason why when he goes to the baptism of John and John the Baptist says, uh, I'm sorry, uh, you should be baptizing me. And what is what does Jesus say? Let it permit it to be so for us. Who's that us over there? Not just John the Baptist. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. It is befitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. What did he do? He became a partaker in our in, in our in our in our flesh and blood. Why did he become a partaker in uh, in our flesh and blood? This is what the Bible says. He took he took part in flesh and blood. What happened? Therefore, Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty one. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. So he became partakers of flesh and blood, so that he can partake in his righteousness. First thing. We become partakers of his righteousness. First thing, in other words, I do not trust in my own works every day. Even my obedience that I showed yesterday, I don't trust in it at all. Okay, I trust only in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I become partakers of his righteousness. I don't have any other righteousness other than the righteousness which is of Jesus Christ. Okay, I may be having righteous acts, but I don't trust in them for my salvation. I only put my trust in the righteousness of God. That's the first thing. Okay, he became partakers of. Uh, we become partakers of his of his righteousness. In other words, he became sin for us, so that we we might become righteousness of God in him. Second thing. Second thing. Galatians chapter three verse thirteen. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become what? Curse. So he partook in our curse, so that we might become, we might get the blessing. So what is that? For it is written, curse is the one who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come, might come upon the Gentiles in Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. So, we, when we partake, partake of, uh, when he partook, I mean, uh, of flesh and blood, he became sin for us, so that we might be made partakers of his righteousness. So we partake in his righteousness, we partake in his blessing, and what is the blessing? The blessing is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that is the reason why Hebrews chapter 6 will say, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become the partakers of the Holy Spirit. How did we become partakers of Holy Spirit? Because he became a curse for us so that we might get the true blessing. And what is a blessing? Holy Spirit. Okay. So what, what do we need to ask God? Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit daily. You understand that? So first thing, become partaker of his righteousness, become partakers of his Holy Spirit. The third thing, Romans chapter 8, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, 
that, that we may also be glorified together with him. So first thing, we become particles of his righteousness. Second, we become particles of the Holy Spirit. And third thing, we become particles of his suffering. You see that? Third thing is important. Okay. We become particles of his righteousness. We become particles of his Holy Spirit. And we become partakers of his suffering. So what is suffering? Let us see. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him, was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. And though he was a son, what did he do? He learned obedience to the things that he suffered. So why does, in when we become partakers of his suffering, what are we learning? We are learning obedience. Okay. So let me tell you something. All of us have only one standard. Our standard is Jesus Christ. When we become partakers of his righteousness and when we become partakers of his Holy Spirit, the reason the Holy Spirit is given is that we become, huh, yeah, exactly. The Holy Spirit is given to those who obey. Okay, So we become partakers of his suffering, meaning we allow the disciplines of God to come into our lives. And we don't fight those disciplines of God. You understand that? When God disciplines us, we don't fight it. Now, was Jesus disciplined? Your answer? Yes. <laughs> he was not disciplined because he disobeyed. He was disciplined so that he could obey more. In other words, he could grow in his obedience. Nothing was easy for Jesus. Right, right from his birth. Where was he born? Not in Fernandez Hospital. So you should see the kind of hospitals people are born today. You know? What Fernandez Stark, Stark, Stark home. Wow, what posh hospital. And when the baby comes, first they wrap it in pink if it is a girl. When wrap it in blue if it is a boy. And what was Jesus wrapped in? Swaddling clothes. And he says, he tells the shepherds, this is the sign. When you find the baby in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes, then you will know this is the Messiah. So we glorify the manger. That is only after Jesus was born. Who likes the manger? Ah, it's thinking. I'm telling you honestly, you nobody, when you, I mean, unless until you are born in the village and you love that environment and you like to be with the people in the village. If you are, come from, if you go from the, <laughs> from the city and you go to the stable, you have to close your nose and go. Born in a manger to his owner, stranger. So he was disciplined. Right from childhood, he was not, he was, he ran for his life. Can you imagine the creator of the whole universe running for his life? Fleeing to Egypt. Being divinely warned of God. I mean, this is amazing. So this is God. So you you need to understand. We need to understand. We need to begin to understand the ways of God. God does not do the way the things people say. No, name it, claim it, and you have it. No, it doesn't happen like that. It's a process of suffering and discipline. God will allow hardships. That is the reason why He says, "Endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ." Endure. The disciplines of God are important. And one of the disciplines that you have to really inculcate voluntarily is the discipline of fasting, not feasting. Regular times of fasting you have to give to yourself. 
It's very important, especially when you're young, not when you become old. Later on, when you become old, you want to fast, you will not be able to fast. If you fast, you will die very soon. Unless and until, of course, you made it a practice to fast. Okay, so he, he, how do we become partakers of his suffering? By allowing the discipline of God. So look, look at what, it, what, what happens in Hebrews chapter 12. This is what it says. If you endure your chastening, the word for chastening is discipline. Okay, Not only when you make a mistake. What mistake did uh, Joseph make? Did he commit any sin? No. But God, did God chasten him? Yes. You know, chastening is just not, just not when you, uh, when you disobey. Of course, that disciplining is okay. But, you know, somebody said, no, and I think First Peter chapter 2 says, if you made a mistake and you sin and you are beaten for it, what, what reward do you have? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you deserve it. You got my nice, nice spanking. David deserved what he got after he, uh, after he committed sin with Bathsheba. But when he was fleeing from Saul, did he, did he deserve that? No. But did he endure it? Absolutely yes. Those 13, I don't know, almost close to 13 years if I'm right. 13 years of running from Saul without lifting his hand against God's anointed. That prepared him for the throne. See, that was God's chastening pattern. Okay. So if you end your chastening, what does God deal with you? God deals with you as with sons. Okay. The way he dealt with his own sons. We say, no, we are heirs of Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ. As many as are led by the Holy Spirit are the sons of God. Great. So what is, where does the Holy Spirit lead you? Not into comfort zone. Honestly, you know, if you, if you want to really know whether God called you, if God calls you into comfort, it is not the call of God. It is not the call of God. I can tell you, 100% if God, and everything is going well with you when God has called you, when you have to step out on faith, and everything is going for you, it is not the call of God. It is definitely the call of the devil. You know, I prayed and everything fell into place. Everything fell into place. Doesn't happen like that. Everything will just fall apart. Then we'll know. Somebody said, no, what is the, what is the, what is the result of being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Trouble. Exactly. Okay. After being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove and abided in him and immediately he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. Everything went, went well with him? No. 40 days in the wilderness. He had to be tested. That's the reason why. Tempted in every way, yet without sin. That is the chastenings of the Lord. What does he do? He puts us into circumstances in order to chasten us and discipline us and to, and to ensure that the character of Christ is formed. Suffering. Verse 8. So God deals with you as sons, for what son is there whom a father does not chasten? So what does chastening mean? Disciplining meaning what? For example, he was made to rise up early. Okay. It's very interesting, no? I called my prophets and I sent them to Israel. How did he send them? Rising up early. Okay. Remember, I, I sent my prophets to Israel rising up early. Now I was wondering who has to rise up early? God does not sleep, neither slumbers. Who had to rise up early then to be sent? <laughs> the prophet had to be had to be risen up early. I sent my prophets rising up early and just to wonder what is this, what does it mean? I had to raise my prophet early in the morning every day, and I rose my son also early in the morning every day. Morning by morning I woke him up. We have weird timings, of course, no? 
Lord, night by night, Lord, I'm a night person. <laughs> I mean, actually, you know, the modern day has actually messed up our schedules, Baba. Our clocks have become totally messed up. Labs, huh? Software engineers, sorry, software engineers, all engineers, their clocks have completely messed up. When the deadline comes, <laughs> drinking caffeine after caffeine after caffeine to stay awake. See, the clock doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> they become like God, neither slumber nor sleep. You see that? So he says, but if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers. If you want to become part, so that's what I'm saying. You have to become partakers of Christ daily in order to guard your heart. You have to become a partakers of Christ daily. So if you are being partakers of Christ, what is happening? God is disciplining you every day. Okay. And discipline is always contrary to your flesh. Always. Okay. Fasting is easy. <laughs> no, 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 no. One day you fast, the body is like, like the stomach is saying, Vijay, please have mercy upon me. Okay. And okay, okay. Then, then, then we go on what we call as brown water fast. You know what brown water fast is? Coffee. Or maybe juice fast. Fasting in water, only in water, very difficult to do, not easy. See, but if you are, so that's the reason why, you know, when it says, no, the disciple of John, what do they do? Fast, <laughs> always. See, if you are with John, who has got, uh, what, camel's hair, and whose uh, diet is uh, locust and wild honey, and if you are becoming a disciple of John, John is having camel's hair, locust and wild honey, what will he feed you? Chicken biryani. Okay. Even if you don't like it, <laughs> you have to eat what? Locust and wild honey. And what should you wear? West side? No. There is no east side, no west side, no max. Camels here only. See, everything. so that is, that is the life of discipline. We are, we are not talking about, I mean, you can, you can understand the principle over here, right? So what, but if you are without chastening of which you have become partakers, then you are if you're if you're not, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Yeah, my parents also. My goodness, they disciplined me. And I really enjoy now in hindsight I say thank you for giving me tough parents. They disciplined me and they corrected me. So that what I am today, I owe a lot to them because of my uh, uh, because of their upbringing shall we not much more ready, readily be in subjection to the father of the spirits and live okay and why why does he do that why does he do that hebrews chapter 12 verse 10 for they indeed for a few days chastened us okay till what time does your father chasten you after you've got your job after you get married after that no chastening it stops but God does not stop. <laughs> it will go on till you die. Till your grave, he keeps on chastening. It will stop only there when you reach heaven. For they indeed for a few days chastened us as, a, as uh, seemed best to them. But he for our profit, that we may be made partakers of his holiness. You see that? So when you become partakers of Christ, you become partakers of his chastening. And when you, when you become partakers of his chastening, you become partakers of his holiness. With, because without holiness, no one can see God. Okay. 
So you become partakers of Christ daily. And then, <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9, For you know that the grace of Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. So he took, he partook of our poverty so that we might partake of his riches. And what is his riches? Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And what are the spiritual blessings that we have? The promises of God. Right? The promises of God are all the spiritual blessings. And why do we need the promises of God? Look at the next verse. Second Peter chapter 1. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which we have been given exceedingly great and precious what? Promises. That through these you may be made partakers of his divine nature. You see that again? You may be part- made partakers of his divine nature having escaped the correction, the corruption that is in the world through lust. So the first thing what we need to do is, Lord, we have to exhort one another daily. There should be unity among brothers. Second, we have to be, be, be we have to become partakers of Christ. How long? Daily. In order to become partakers of, of Christ, what should you do? We should be we should partake of His uh, partakers of His righteousness. We have to be partakers of His Holy Spirit. We have to be partakers of His chastening. And when we become partakers of His chastening and His suffering, we partakers partake of His holiness. And when we partake of his holiness, the riches of Christ come to us through his promises and we become partakers of his divine nature. Five things. Okay. Understand that? That is how we guard our hearts. And then, <clears throat> next one. Hear his voice daily. How long? Daily. My favorite verse, again, this is from Isaiah chapter 30. <clears throat> For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. Verse 20. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. But your eyes shall see your teachers. What shall your eyes see? Your teachers. Okay. Your ears shall hear a voice behind you saying, This way, walk in it. You know what it means? Hearing his voice daily means God shows us his ways daily. He shows us how does he do things. You know when we are saying like here, all the time when we say hearing his voice, whether to do this or not to do this, that is not what he's talking about. How does God do things? What does Moses ask God? Lord, these are your people. What should you do therefore? Lord, show me your way so that I can lead them. And what does David pray? Lord, teach me your ways. Show me your paths. Lord, see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the path of everlasting life. Show me the way you do things, the way you walk. Because my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heaven is high above the earth, so high are my ways and so high are my thoughts. So we need to know the ways of God. So how do we know the ways of God? Very interesting, no? Look at what it says just before verse 21. Yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. But what will, you do? What will your eyes do? Your eyes will see your teachers. Isn't it interesting? 
that what is what will god god do it says in uh, jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 it says i will give you shepherds after my own heart who will teach you the way that you should go so even through the voice of teachers, what, what is God, God giving you? God is showing you, these are the ways of God. This is the way God does things. This is the way God does not do things. Okay. And so many times, for us, when we, Lord, show me and show me, let me hear your voice is all about which career to take, which college to go to, whom to marry. These are the things only we talk about. Which job to take and which, so degenerate we are. Okay. God is not talking about that. He says, I'm going to show you my ways. How I think. How I do things. It's very important. The way I think, that is the most important thing I I, I want. I want the mind of Christ. How does he think through a problem, for example? Understand? How does he think through a problem? How does he resolve conflicts between brothers? Brothers. That is the way he's talking about. That is what we need. We need to hear his voice daily. That is the reason why it says, He opens my ear. How long? Morning by morning, so that I will have a tongue of the disciples, so that I can speak a word to the person who is weary in season. How How did that happen? Because he opened my ears. How did he open my ears? To show me how he does things. The way God works. The way. And the way of God is the way of truth. And we need to hear the voice of God daily. So in order, in order to hear the voice of God daily, we have to meditate upon the word of God daily. You have to think on these things daily. Understand that? Why? That is the reason why. Who is important here? Teachers are important. And God has to sh- give us the eyes so that we can see who the real teacher is. Meaning, you don't listen to any Tom on the internet. <laughs> Ask God to show you those people who will really speak life into you. Who will teach you his ways. And your eyes will see the teachers. I'm telling you honestly, when I was growing up in my, in my walk with the Lord, there were teachers who, was, who I was introduced to by my, by my mentors. And I stuck to them. And because I stuck to those people, when I was growing up in my growing up years as a spiritual, in my spiritual walk with the Lord, I never went into the prosperity gospel. Never. Never. I can honestly say that. So even if somebody would come and say, you know what, Jesus Christ came and said, you know, we can, you'll become prosperous, all these things. I said, Baba, there is something over there. You know, in Telugu it says, Apasruti. No, there is something which is not according to the music, according to tune over here. No, you should have a mind which will be able to distinguish the tune. My brother, no, he's a very, he's a musician. One clang of the string, he will say, ah, there's something wrong in the tune. Okay. That is what we need to have. That kind of a ear that we should have. Be sensitive. This voice, I should not hear. Because, no, that is what <laughs> Paul says, no, I, anybody, another person comes and, and gives you another gospel, you happily go uh, with, with that person. So you should be able to see who is your real teacher. This person, how did I become his follower? I saw his teaching, I also saw his life and therefore I followed him. And God speaks and primarily God speaks through your pastor. If you are a part of the local church. Because every church has a particular vision. And in becoming a part of the church, you become a part of the vision. And who directs the vision? The head. Amen. 
And therefore, if you have to instruct, you have to get the instructions from where should you get the instructions? You should get the instructions from your head. Simple. So your eyes will see your teachers. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. In other words, there will be a confirmation in your spirit saying, this is what he's saying, is this right? This is right, follow him. And if you don't get the confirmation, don't listen to that person. Did you get that? Everybody. Look at what it says in Second Timothy chapter 4. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And what will happen? Verse 1, 1, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the where? From the faith. You see that? What is happening? Because you are not able to hear the voice of your teachers, you will depart from the faith and you will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And what has happened to these people? They speak lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared by a hot iron. What is happening? There is no sensitivity of the Spirit inside. There's no voice speaking to you inside. This is not the right thing. Immediately there should be some kind of a signal. No, this is not the right thing to do. That's not there anymore. It's gone. So the first thing, exhort one another daily. Second, become partakers of Christ daily. Third, hear his voice daily. And fourth, once you hear his voice daily, show complete obedience immediately. Okay, not tomorrow. Today. Submit immediately. Submit yourself to the law of God immediately. Change your mind immediately. Not say tomorrow. Okay, I heard. In other words, make repentance your daily life. It's a daily thing. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 21. But what do you think? A man had two sons. Are we all sons? Yes. And he came to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. And he said, I will not. But afterwards he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, uh, said likewise. And he said, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? <laughs> and they, they answered very well, no? They said the first, Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the harlots enter into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterwards relent and believe in him. The word for relent is very interesting. It says in ESV, it's very interesting in ESV. It says, uh, and even when you saw it, you did not afterwards, what? Change your mind. So what is changing your mind? Repent. Change your mind. Repent immediately. Submit immediately. And say, Lord, I will change my mind and I will do it immediately. Do it immediately. Okay. Blessed are those things if you Yes, you have all these sayings that you, you receive from me. Blessed are you if you do them. Do. Obey. Then finally, that is what the breastplate of faith and love is. Okay, Show complete obedience immediately. So don't delay your obedience because delay obedience is disobedience, is rebellion. And rebellion is what? Witchcraft. Okay, Don't rebel. Ask God for a spirit of submission. Very, very, very important. Uh, all of us need to have a spirit of submission. Okay, a meek, gentle, and a quiet spirit in the sight of God is very, very precious. Amen. 
let us look at the next verse next one second you have a breastplate of faith and love and the second thing is a helmet of salvation and what should you do with the helmet you have to guard your mind okay here you guard your heart and next you guard your mind but how do you guard your mind by changing the way you think okay. 1 peter chapter 4 therefore since christ suffered for us in the flesh you see that again partakers of christ arm yourselves also with the same mind or the same mindset yes we will use the word same way of thinking for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin see that what is it but change your thinking why should you change your thinking so that you no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men but for the will of god and what is the will of god one will of god very important this is the will of god your sanctification it is the will of god very clear it is the will of god that you should give thanks at all times it is the will of god if need be that you should suffer for righteousness sake this is the will of god very clear and you will then you will understand the specific will of god for your life but this is a general will of god i have to separate myself so that i'll be ready for the master's use and how do you do that by sanctifying yourself and how do you sanctify yourself john 17 17 will say sanctify them by the truth and your word is truth what does it mean what is washing washing is removing the dirt cleansing all those evil thoughts from your mind if an, uh, do you have the esv bible sorry uh, niv bible niv somebody has the niv bible if you can read uh, jeremiah 4:14 you can put it up on the screen maybe yes somebody um, what does it say jeremiah 4:14 in niv Ah, wash the evil from your heart, O Jerusalem, and be saved. Ah, how long will you harbor wicked thoughts inside of you? You know what harbor is, right? The yeah, the ship comes and you drop anchor. That's it. That is harboring. It stays there. It doesn't matter how many waves come; it will not go out. <laughs> Now the problem is the word of God is not harbored. the wicked thoughts have been harbored so cleanse that is the reason why we come to the washing of the water by the word what is it what is happening you are been given a nice spiritual bath hot water bath is best right any time of the year even if it is summer you like cold water but when you take water with hot water nice and fresh you know why all the pores are open and summer of course we don't have to heat the water because anyways it's hot in india <laughs> okay the water is always hot the pores are open and nice wash that's what i'm saying no you go to the when you go to when you go to the church you're you're asking god lord give me a nice shower you know what what does what is what is he doing he is taking the refiner's fire and the fuller soap yeah yeah launderer soap i like the kjv calls the fuller you know that means fully he will wash not even one part he will remove, remove uh, uh, keep it like that because you know washing machine it will only do this what does the fuller do he will take that thing and nicely rub every part of the thing with uh, with soap 
That is what we need. We need the washing of water by the word of God. That means he has to cleanse us. Nice thorough washing we need. Not with one bucket, one, one chembo of water. How many of you took a nice shower with one glass of water? Just imagine, no? If I give you, take a nice shower. This is your water. Again, people in India will laugh because it has a different connotation altogether. Right? You need nice hot water. And a good amount of water that too. So that you can be completely washed. Just imagine, no? If you go to the Sundays, what, you, what is given? You're being poured onto your mind. Buckets and buckets of water God is pouring, pouring upon you. Two and a half hours of shower. It's called spiritual shower. Yeah. Cleansing is happening. You come back from work after a long day. Enter into the church. I'm telling you honestly, you know, I tell you so many times I give that, gave this testimony. For me, witness day service was the most important service. Not even Sunday service. When I was, during those days when I used to meet in Abbots and I was working in tripleting. By the time first Monday is over, Tuesday is over, third day is over, Wednesday my mind is totally gone. Tension, classes, lab, program not functioning, not working, no output, yes, thank you. (laughs) No output, nothing, frustrated. And I used to get so frustrated. So I said, I'll just close my lab by 5 o'clock and leave those days Gachiboli. And by the time I used to take one and a half hours to, 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 to each church, five, 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 fifteen. If I, if I don't leave by 5 o'clock, that's it. I don't attend service. That's it, over. I might as well stay at home. Because the traffic was terribly bad. 7 o'clock is to come for the service. I'm telling you, you know, one and a half hour of teaching I used to receive. By the time the teaching was over, I was washed. Refreshed for the next day. For the next half of the week. I'm telling you, your spiritual life will completely be transformed because not because of the Sunday service, but because of the midweek service. You know where I received the call? In the midweek service, not <laughs> not in the Sunday service. Honestly, it is during the midweek service. So midweek services are very important. What is happening? God is just washing you with His Word, and then He is also arming you. See, the best web, web uh, of uh, defense is offense, right? So you should start thinking positive thoughts so that you will not allow the negative to come. Okay. So that you no longer live the rest of your time for the flesh of, uh, in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. And then, for we have spent enough time in our, uh, in our past in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, lusts, Drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. How many of you connect, uh, committed any of these sins? Can you raise your hands? Okay, okay, only one is. Are you honest? Okay, okay. Those people, uncle, I still did not drink, uncle. I did not go to any drinking party, uncle. I did not commit any abominable idolatries, uncle. Don't do it. Okay, don't waste your time doing it. We already done it. Uh, don't reinvent the bill. Yes, thank you. Okay. Don't do it. I also want to try, uncle. <laughs> what will it, how will it be, uncle? I also want to try. Just, how do I know, uncle, that it is evil if I don't try? Same. 
you know god is looking for daniel generation this this generation if you want to be successful there's only one generation which will overcome the coming uh, over the coming 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 uh, tide of debauchery it is a daniel generation who will say i will not even touch it i don't want to know how the negative side is i remember when my parents used to tell me you know they said vijay if you touch drugs you will go crazy you will become like this and you will die that's it <laughs> i had tremendous fear in my heart they used to show, i mean those days on when doordarshan serial used to come they forgot i know remember exactly what happened in that doordarshan serial one fellow who was drug addict he's like this completely gone that's what you will become vegetable like this do you want to become like that i said no 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 you don't touch drugs yes, yes, i said okay never in my life <laughs> never never don't touch it don't taste it i'll tell you you will lose time so much of your productive years you would have lost let me tell you now the most years your the mind is sharp the most let me tell you the years are between 18 to 35 what is that 18 to 35 sharp most sharp years and if you want to continue in that sharpness this 18 to 35 be very careful vulnerable years till 16 you are still under the supervision of your parents then you go to college and all those things are opened up now i don't want to taste it i have we have spent enough of our past uncle i'm only 15 years uncle 15 years is enough i'm only 10 years uncle 10 years is more than sufficient otherwise you will become like solomon who's lost his grinders who's lost his vision who's lost his purpose and what does he have to say remember your creator in the days of your the problem is he's telling that when he's old don't do it so 18 to 35 16 to 35 maybe i don't know Oh, I don't know. Now, nowadays, people are getting really <laughs> very, very mature in their minds, even more earlier than sixteen. They know so many things now. That's the reason why you should never even allow our children to learn. No, certain they don't. They don't need to know. They don't need to. Oh, they look dumb. Let them look dumb. Yeah. Oh, they'll be missing out on a lot of things. FOMO. Fear of. missing out you see when we walked in lewdness lust drunkenness revelries drinking parties and abominable idolatries we sufficient time has been spent please don't go after that he says guard your mind from all that finally all of you first peter chapter 3 have unity of mind how do you have the unity of mind sympathy brotherly love tender heart and a humble mind have a humble mind just don't think too much about yourself yeah don't think too highly about yourself don't think too low about yourself think soberly you know we have two extremes one one extreme is that i'm so great amazing grace how sweet the sound that served that saved a worthy man like me that is one side okay that is what we call as superior superiority complex then there is another side of total inferiority complex 
Okay. What is that worm theology? What is that? I'm a worm. I'm a nothing. I'm a worm. I don't know anything. That is. But you know what? God says, yes, you are a worm. But in you, in me, you are more than a conqueror. We are, we are no, neither this nor that. In Christ, we are everything that we can be, that God wants us to be. So, the humble mind will say, will, see, humble mind will accept what Christ says about us. You understand that? Vijay, I have gifted you in this. Okay, good God, thank you very much. I'll use this gift for the glory of God. Oh, no, Lord, I'm not gifted. <laughs> that is false. That is humility, not humility. Ah, false humility. Oh, I'm nothing, Lord. All this, oh. And some people are on the other side, of course. The world revolves around them. Yeah, center of the universe, exactly. All the constellations are made for them. See? Finally, all of you have a unity of mind. But how does that happen? Having a humble mind. It's only humble people can get along with each other. Let me tell you something. Honestly, you know, if people are not able to get along with you, then there's something wrong with you. What is the problem, Lord? Jay, you have such a complex. You are a snob. See that? Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you are called, that you may obtain half this mind, a humble mind. Guard your mind. That's what Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 14 will say, no? Oh, Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness that you may be saved. How long will your evil thoughts lodge within you? That means they are renting space rent-free. They are tenants who are not giving you any rent at all. And they are messing up your apartment. Okay. What are they doing? Messing up your apartment and not even paying you rent. What do you have to do with those tenants? Throw their fellows out. And then they will say rental agreement. Tear it out. Okay. And then Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for. Everybody say that. Nothing. Ah, nothing. Nothing is important. But in everything. That means don't, whatever those things are, which are you, which are being, you being anxious about, take it to the Lord. Okay. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, you know something? We make our requests known to everybody except God. You know, I'm in this trouble, I'm in this trouble, I'm in this trouble, I'm in this trouble. Pray for me. You know, that's what we get, no? WhatsApp calls. Brother, we have such a much, so much of need in our in ministry. Pray for us. I pray that God will touch you to give him to my ministry. Basically, that's the idea. If God is leading you, see that? See, in, in, I mean, it's not that we don't ask, uh, in, in the context of our body, it's okay. We, we share each other's needs and each other's, uh, yeah, we have to, but that's different. This is not talking about that. We don't go to man first, we go to God, alright? And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, what will, what will it do? It will guard, garrison. Other translations will use the word empire. Your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. So what should you do? In order to have this kind of a mindset? Next verse. Finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, 
Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. Very important. The last thing is very important. That means don't watch Fox News. You will get really frustrated. Throw that fellow out. And CNN, of course, is the worst news. That Fox News is bad news. CNN is worst news. I mean, can you imagine the the two different websites? They look at the country. You you will think as if they are two different countries, isn't it? But the same country, this mindset and this mindset is completely different. It's rot news. Okay. Whatsoever is of good report. If there is any virtue, what should you do? And if there is any praise, think on these things. That's the reason why Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two verse thirteen. Can you put it in the ESV? Second Thessalonians. Oh, sorry, Timothy. Second Timothy chapter two verse thirteen. Verse twelve and thirteen. If I'm, if I'm right. Second Thessalonians chapter two verse. Second Timothy chapter two verse twelve and thirteen. Second Timothy chapter two verse twelve and thirteen. Yes. Can the ESV? Yeah, read it, bro. Okay. Second Timothy. This is not First Timothy. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. Okay, let me just look at that one verse because I want to show you that verse. Very interesting verse. Second Timothy chapter. <clears throat> Very interesting verse. Ha. Ah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, verse 7. Sorry. Verse 7. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 7. What does it say? In ESV. Think over what I say. Think over what I say. The Lord will you will give you understanding. So if you want understanding, what should you do? Think over what Paul said, meaning what the word of God says. Okay. Finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on those things and if there is no virtue, Close your ears. You don't need to know a lot of stuff. Because faith comes by hearing. And unbelief comes by hearing. Exactly. Unbelief also comes by hearing. It's through this ear. So therefore we have to be very careful as to what you hear. And if you have to be very careful as to how you hear. Both are important. Last verse. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw. Which you learned, which you received, and you heard and saw these two, and the God of peace will be with you. So, how do you guard your hearts and your mind? Having a breastplate of faith and love and a helmet of salvation. And what is a breastplate? What are the ingredients of the breastplate of faith and love? First thing, exhorting one another daily. Second, Partakers of Christ daily, hearing his voice daily, showing obedience immediately. That is how you construct a breastplate of faith and love and guard your heart from unbelief. Because otherwise you'll be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Guard it. And then how do you construct the helmet of salvation? By having this mind, the same mind as Christ Jesus. For he who suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And by thinking on those things which are True, honest, just, pure, good report, lovely, and those of any virtue 
and any praise. So this morning, even as we are here on the, which day today is 6th day of October, the 10th, the 10th month. Days are at hand. Then let us not take, be taken by surprise. Guard our minds. Guard our hearts. Guard our minds. This is, see, the, the, the armor here which has been given is the one to protect. Okay. To guard is to protect. It's very important for us to not only uh, conquer new territory, it is also for important for us to guard the territory which, was, which we have already conquered. Lest we, otherwise it will slip away from our hands. Okay. So we have to conquer new territory and at, this, at the same time guard the territory which we have already conquered. Amen. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this morning. From your word, you are teaching us so many truths. But enable us to be disciplined and consistent in our walk with you. Your word says, O oh Lord, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Our heart decides, O oh Lord Jesus, our attitude. Let us not be like those of whom Jesus said, These people draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me. Teaching as commandments the precepts of men. Father, I pray, Lord, that we will guard our hearts. That we will not allow anything of this world to choke the word of God that has been sown into our hearts. But our hearts will be like that fertile soil. That fertile soil, O oh Lord, which will bear fruit even a hundredfold. That's what you desire from every one of your children. And we can all, O oh Father, finish the work that you have started in our lives, O oh Lord. Because he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it. Your word says, O oh Lord Father, that you will sanctify us completely, body, soul and spirit. And he who started that work in our lives is faithful and he will also accomplish it. For you are the Alpha and the Omega of our faith. The same yesterday, today and forever. And therefore, O oh Lord Jesus, enable us, Lord Jesus, to exhort one another. Enable us, Lord Father, to be partakers of Christ in his righteousness, in his holiness, in the sufferings in that we will allow the chastenings of God to produce the fruit of holiness and righteousness in our lives. And we will learn obedience through the things that we suffer. That we will allow the discipline to have its perfect work done in our lives. Lord, enable, enable us never to be stooped down and weighed down because of carousing and drunkenness and the cares of this life. Lest that day take us by surprise. Because it is coming like a, your, your word says it comes like a snare upon all the inhabitants of this earth. And woe to those who desire the coming of the day of the Lord. For it's not going to be a day of, of comfort. It's going to be a day of woe. I pray Lord Jesus that none of us will be taken by surprise. But we will walk with you. 
and be prepared for your coming. Having put on the breastplate of faith and love, guarding our hearts and hope of salvation, guarding our minds. Thank you, Father. We praise you, we worship you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.